Good morning. Good to be together one more time. Hey, guys, I want to thank you for your incredible, um, just your incredibly warm welcome to me and to Taylor. Um, you guys, the students, you guys are so easy to minister to because you're so hungry. Like, you really lean in, and I, I just want you to know how grateful I am to have had the opportunity to spend the weekend with you. I also want to thank the worship team. I mean, come on. Come on. So, you know, it's... I mean, I've seen this team uh, lead in worship before, and I'm always impressed with um, what God does in and through them. And I, I do want to say it's not just about being really good musicians, you know what I mean? Like, we know that. But, I mean, this is clearly a team that has spent time learning to interact with the Spirit of God. And there, that's the difference, man. We don't want just good music. I mean, we want good musicians. I mean, you know, it's hard, you know, like you don't want me leading worship because I tried leading worship in my small group once and my dear friend asked me to never do that again. I mean, true story. I learned like six chords. I led worship for the first time and she said, please don't ever do that again. She said, you actually distract us from the presence of God more than bring us into the presence of God. True story. And that's when I learned that proverb that says wounds from a friend can be trusted. I'd rather someone be honest with me, man. But this team is not only just musically excellent, but they clearly have interacted with the Spirit of God a lot. Like they know how to nurture a time with God, and then they can lead us. And for that, I'm incredibly grateful. And I also want to thank the staff. I don't take it for granted when I'm invited to speak into the lives of students. So I want to thank you guys, uh, Tom and Missy and the entire team, Jason, I mean all of you guys. I mean, I, you guys, I travel all over the country. I know a lot of Chi Alpha teams. This team is stellar. You guys are blessed. You guys are hardcore blessed here. The Mizzou team, incredible. Our national Chi Alpha team have been so excited about Jason and Abby going to S&T. I mean, we've been so thrilled. We feel like this is the couple that's to be there, and it's been really excited. So can I ask you guys to give your staff team a hand? And um, thank, you for, thank you for that. I would also say, I know what it's like to put on uh, an event like this, and um, just like you guys are going to go home and have to kind of get into your rhythm, the staff team, um, if I know, you know, usually what happens is like you're rushing right into the next thing, even if they can take tomorrow off, which I don't know if they can, I'm not sure how their schedule is, but please do me a favor sometime today, pray for the staff and ask God to, to fill them up and to bless them for all that they have poured out here. Is that good? You guys can do that? Um, one other quick thing, I, I want to say something. I, I didn't like the way I said one thing last night. I don't actually hate grumpy Christians. Like, I don't actually hate the people, you know what I mean? And I didn't like the way that, that sounded later. I thought about it. But I, I want you to hear me in something, because I think this is really essential. All too often, when we forget what God has done in our lives, it is so easy to go from living a life of gratitude and generosity to a life of obligation, it's very easy to get in that place where, <clears throat> pardon me, we start doing things out of obligation and then we never feel like we measure up. And I have seen that in, I've, I've been around Christians for a long time now, more than half my life, and I've been a Christian now and I've done that, where we start operating out of obligation and a sense of like, well, I can never measure up, I gotta keep working hard so, my, so God will like me or so my staff will like me or my life group leader will like me or something. And when we turn, when we move from gratitude into obligation, and then try to invite people into a Christian life, honestly, sometimes I wonder if they're like, well, actually my life looks better than yours. Jesus came to give us abundant life. He came to give us abundant life, and when we lose track of what God's done in our lives personally, if we're not able to live a life of gratitude, 
we lose that abundant life. And it's really hard to invite people into an abundant life that we're not living, isn't that right? I, I've, I've also learned that people who are grateful, people who live a grateful life rarely live a prideful life. People who are grateful live with humility, and that is incredibly attractive about our God. So I just wanted to clear that up, and uh, we're going to get into the message this morning. Jesus, please help us. Please, please help us see as you see. Please help us to love as you love. And God, I pray that for this, these last few moments of our um, hearing this message together, God, I do pray that you would speak to us in a way that would be profound and enlightening uh, that would help us nurture gratitude uh, and then be able to, an extent, to extend the abundant life of Christ that you have so graciously and generously given us. And everyone said, amen. I think one of the things that's kept me so attracted to God, if I could say it that way, attracted to God, is how willing he was to pursue me even when I resisted him. I told you yesterday it was the Kayapa students who persisted when I resisted. Really, more importantly, it was God who persisted when I resisted. You know, I, I mentioned to you that I avoided Christians so I wouldn't have to be confronted with them and stuff like that, but God kept calling my name. He just kept calling my name. The Bible tells us that when Jesus walked on earth, he came to seek and save those who had lost their way. I don't think, though, that the seeking started with Jesus. In fact, if you're familiar at all with this book, if you're familiar, familiar at all with scripture, and you go even to the very beginning, we see from the very beginning of our history with God that he sought after us. He was seeking us even from the Garden of Eden. So a lot of you guys know the story. Adam and Eve made a decision against what God had said. It made them realize that they were naked and they felt shame and they tried to hide. And, and it says that the presence of the Lord walked in the garden in the cool of the day and asked, where are you? Was God asking where they were because he wasn't sure? No, he was trying to show them, I'm seeking after you and I want you to see where you are. From the very beginning, God has been seeking us and he still seeks us. I think it's a beautiful picture of God's desire for relationship with us. God wants our friendship. And he wants us to want his friendship. When all is said and done, you guys, I hope, I hope that what they can say of me is she relentlessly pursued the God who relentlessly pursued her. We don't come up with this on our own. I can't seek after God because I came up with that idea on my own. All I can do is seek after God in response to the fact that he has sought after me. In fact, I've often said to people, I've told the Lord, I, I don't think we can actually literally theologically correctly say to the Lord, I love you. I think all we can say is, I love you too. Because he always says it first. And our whole lives are just an I love you back to him. So with that, I want to just take a look very briefly this morning at a little bit of a life passage. It's Psalm chapter 14, verse 2. It's one verse we're going to look at. It's power-packed with stuff that I think will encourage us as we wrap up this weekend, uh, enter into communion, celebrate a baptism, and then head back to our, our campuses and our homes. Psalm chapter 14, verse 2 says this, The Lord looks down from heaven on the children of man, meaning on all humankind. The Lord looks down from heaven on the children of man, to see if there are any who understand, any who seek after God. I read that passage one time and I thought, you know, if God is looking for someone who will seek him, I want him to find me seeking him. 
I mean, I, and I've even said to the Lord, God, if nobody on earth will seek you, God, I hope that when you look down from heaven on, on everybody, I hope that you'll say, there's Stephanie, she seeks me. And she, that God would see me seeking him with all of, his, all of my heart because God sees a lot of people seeking a lot of other things. Now, when you go back to campus later today or go back home, it'll take you about two minutes before you see somebody else seeking something other than God. How many of you guys know that? I mean, especially if you live on campus. You see all kinds of stuff. I spent five years living in a freshman dorm not long ago. I mean, I, not when I was a freshman. <laughs> she never graduated past her freshman year. But, but a few years ago, I lived on campus. I lived five years in a freshman residence hall. And I mean, you see all kinds of things. So I I was right where a lot of you guys are. I mean, you just see everything. You see people seeking a whole lot of stuff that has nothing to do with God. But I think even among the people of God, it's so easy for us to seek something less than him. It's so easy for us to seek our identity based in what we do as opposed to based in who he says we are. It's so easy to see uh, people find their identity based in people's approval or in position, and God is looking for people who will seek him and him alone. So what does it mean to seek him? I'm, I'm gonna get real practical and we're gonna have a, hopefully a little bit of fun with this. Um, Psalm chapter 14, verse two, I told you yesterday I don't speak Greek, I also don't speak Hebrew. This part of the Bible was written in Hebrew, my computer does, so I learned this uh, about the word to seek there. When it says that um, God is looking for someone who will seek him, the person who would have heard that Hebrew word in that day would have translated into a couple different words that we know uh, here in English. We're going to look briefly at them. The first word that the word to seek means is to frequent. The second one is to tread. Let me ask you real quick. What, somebody tell me, what does it mean to frequent? This is not a trick question. Just go ahead. I want to make sure everyone's awake. What does it mean to frequent? What's that? Say it loud and proud. To go there often. Thank you. What are some places you guys like to frequent? What's that? Coffee shop. Seriously. I know, right? Exactly. I'm with you. We were there yesterday. Anyone else? What else do you guys like to frequent? Loud and proud. Nowhere. Chi Alpha. Only Chi Alpha. <laughs> What's that? Bath and Body Works. Excellent. Nice, nice, nice. Okay, I'll, I'll just cut to the chase. If, if you know me for very long, you know a place I like to frequent. I love good Mexican food, like hardcore good Mexican food, right? Amen. I love. Growing up in Los Angeles, we had like really good stuff, and my family always had like our Mexican restaurant that we always went to. Living in Washington, D.C. for 12 years was hard for my soul because it's terrible Mexican food. I went to one place. I actually left there angry, and I was like, you can't use ketchup and call it ranchero sauce. I was so mad, right? But I always kind of have to find my place. When I lived in Springfield the first time, there was a, a little restaurant um, not far from where I lived uh, years ago, and I would go there so often. I frequent, frequented that place. I went there so often that they got to know me. I mean, I'd walk in, they'd be like, hola, Stephanie, como estas? I'm like, I'm fine, how are you? I went there so much that the host tried to set me up with his cousin. True story. I went there, and true story, I went in one day, he's like, you like Latino man? I'm like, does he have his own salsa? I mean, you know, I mean, I just, no, I didn't really say that. <laughs> but they, I mean, seriously, he literally tried to set me up with his cousin. I would go there so often, and I always got the same thing because I just, you know, it was like two tacos and an iced tea for $4.02. I'm like, it's totally better than Taco Bell, you know, and it was authentic. It was great. I went there so often, and I always asked, you know, I, the same thing. One day, I sat down, and the waitress came to set a menu at my, at my table, and she looked and saw it was me. She pulled it away and said, you don't need one of these, you know, because she knew. Another lady 
lady who always busts the table, she knew I liked the hot salsa, because in my mind, it's, it's gotta be hot, smoke's gotta be coming off the top, you know? Like, if your eyes aren't running, watering your nose isn't running, it's not really good salsa. You gotta have the full experience, right? So every time I'd walk in from across the restaurant, she would look and she'd say, oh, hot, hot, and she'd run into the kitchen and bring the stuff out that they only kept like in the back, you know what I mean? Has like a nuclear sign around it, smoke coming off the top, because she knew. Here's the thing. Because I frequented that place, they knew me by name and they knew the request of my heart before I ever even had to ask. To seek means to frequent. To frequent means to seek. And I'm just thinking that when we frequent the Father's heart, when we frequent his presence, when we frequent his will, he calls us by name. And he already knows the request of our hearts before we ever even have to say a word. That's good news. That's a beautiful relationship with God. I don't know what that means exactly for what that looks like for you. For me, it's just consistently turning my heart to God. For me, it's creating a place in my day where I spend time individually with God. For me, it's saying, God, I'm going to go, I'm going to lean toward your will. I'm going to ask your will before I try to do my own will. That's what frequenting looks like for me. That's what seeking God looks like for me in, in one practical way. The second word is the word to tread, as in to tread a path. And I want for just a moment you guys to imagine, however you can use your imagination or your familiarity with scripture, God seated on the throne of heaven, whatever that looks like. I just kind of imagine God seated you know, on this big throne and, and, and then from the throne of God is rolled out a red carpet. I'm, I'm, you know, I mentioned from Los Angeles and DC, red carpets I know are for VIPs. You know, L.A., all the celebrities walk the red carpet. And in D.C., you know, you have these dignitaries coming. You roll out the red carpet for a dignitary, for a VIP. I think in God's eyes, we're VIPs. And so I always imagine from the throne of God rolled out is this red carpet, and I begin to tread a path to spend time with God. I tread that path. In fact, I've prayed many times, God, I want to I tread a path to your heart so frequently that I want to wear a groove. I want to I want, I wear a groove in that, in that red carpet. I want you to look down from heaven and say, man, she's, look at that, she seeks me. She's worn down a groove in that red carpet to my, to, and, and I think that the red carpet doesn't actually go and stay right like at the steps of the throne. I think the red carpet goes straight to his heart. She's worn a path to my heart. I mentioned yesterday, and this is where I kind of pick up my story. Um, right at the end of my senior year, I felt like the Lord <clears throat> wanted me to go and live in one of the residence halls. I applied with my university and was invited to be the hall director of a freshman hall of 70 students. I was less than a year old in my faith. I was really young. Um, I didn't know a lot of stuff. Um, we, our, our Chi Alpha group was kind of new. We didn't have like a leadership training class or anything like that. My campus pastor tried to just encourage me by, he wrote, he wrote like one page of instructions on how to lead a Bible study. And it was like, you know, half a page or so of like, okay, this is what you do to lead a, lead a Bible study. And the rest of it was pray, 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 pray. That was all of my leadership training, you know. And um, I, I just, I went there and all I knew was that God had, tread a path to me to win my heart, and I knew he wanted to do that with some students in this hall. There were 70 students in my building. Only one of them claimed any faith in Christ. A young woman named Beth who, I would say she had faith in Jesus, but she had not yet found life in Jesus. You know what I'm saying? Like she believed in God, believed in Jesus, but she hadn't found life. One young woman who had faith in Jesus, 69 students who did not know Jesus, and me, I'm a brand new Christian, and all I know is that God sent me in there because he loves these students. 
I was praying with a friend of mine one night at the end of Chi Alpha, and she said, I don't know if this makes sense to you, but I feel like God wants me to tell you to go into the basement of your building and pray for your students. And I had made a deal with the Lord because, you know, again, I, wasn't, I hadn't been in any training. I was like, God, I don't really know what to do here, but whatever you do, I'll do it. And so that was my, my evangelism strategy in my building. Like, God, you tell me what to do, and I'll do it. And that, that was my whole strategy. And so I was like, well, God, you told me to go in the basement and pray. So every night I would tread a path down in the basement of our of our residence hall and I would pray for my students I would just go in and I didn't have very eloquent prayers to be honest I again I was so young and so inexperienced in so many things I would go and I'd pray prayers like God just from this basement like move up and touch people on your way up that was my genuine heartfelt prayer just move up and touch people on your way up and just night after night I would tread a path down into the basement to pray to seek God on behalf of the students in my building the laundry room was down there in that basement. People thought I had the dirtiest clothes there. Why is she in the laundry room again? I would just tread a path down there, begin to seek God on behalf of the students that I had was really growing to love. I mentioned that there were 70 students in that building. I asked God that year for a tithe, for 10%. I said, God, you asked me for 10% of my income. I'm going to ask you for 10% of this building. I want to see seven students come to faith this year. And every night I would just tread a path. I was terrified to invite people to Chi Alpha. I'll be totally honest, I was terrified. I would invite people and you know they would be like, no, and they were using all the same excuses I had once used. <laughs> I gotta wash my cat. Like, you don't have a cat, I know where you live. You know what I mean? <laughs> but I, it just there were times it just felt discouraging, but I had started this little Bible study and this one young woman named Julie had just said she wanted to come to my Bible study and I, she came up to me the, the day I announced that I was gonna um, offer it and she said, Stephanie, I want to come to your Bible study. I'm a really strong believer. I don't know if I'm Mormon or Catholic or what, but I'm a really strong believer. And I was like, well, this will be perfect for you then, right? So she started coming to my, my Bible study. And then one day on a Saturday, I felt like the Lord said, I want you to go invite Julie to church tomorrow. And I was terrified. Oh, my gosh. It would just seem too big for me. I was like, oh, I don't know how this is going to work. But I had told the Lord I'd do whatever he asked me to do. So I, I left my little apartment, walked down the hall, and invited her to invited I you know I knocked on the door and she opened the door and I was like you want to go to church you know because again I couldn't get the words out and she said yeah I'd love to and I was like really <laughs> I was like I didn't expect that I, I didn't know I was like I guess I'll take you then and I remember I took her to church the next day Jesus so beautifully won Julie's heart I mean she gave her life to Jesus with like snot and tears and everything it was like hardcore you know I remember taking her back home that day and uh, saying, I don't know what to do now. I, I had never been trained in being a disciple or a leader of anything. I was like, okay, God, whatever you teach me, I'll just teach Julie. So that was my whole strategy for discipleship. At the same time, I had been praying, as I mentioned to you, uh, down in the basement. At the end of the semester, the change of the semester, I felt like the Lord said, I want you to change this. I want every night, I want you to walk the halls of your building and begin to pray. And so every night before I'd go to bed, I'd walk out of my little apartment, I'd start praying, and I would just kind of, I wouldn't be weird about it, I wasn't like, oh, you know, or anything like that. I just would walk the halls and just kind of quietly pray for my students. First floor was a female floor, and I'd pray over them. The second floor was a guy's floor. You never knew what was going on or if they were fully dressed, so I was always like this, you know? And then the third floor, I'd go back up to, um, and it was a women's floor. Every once in a while, I'd feel the Lord incline me just to kind of kind of really not inconspicuously lay my hand on someone's door and specific, specifically pray for them. Every night treading a path. Sometimes when I would lay my hand on the door, sometimes God would tell me things about their life that they hadn't told me. Every night treading a path. In the midst of this, asking Jesus to do something beautiful as I would seek God on behalf of the students who didn't know him. 
I won't go into all the stories. It could take me forever, and I, I'm going to wrap up in a moment. But um, on the last weekend of school at 1 o'clock in the morning, Julie, who had given her life to the Lord October 18th of that, of that year, Julie called me, and she had just led a young woman named Wendy to the Lord. Wendy was the, stu was the student who, every time we'd end our life group, our small group, and we would open up the door to my apartment in the dorm, Wendy would come rushing in. She was so annoyed that we met as, as a Bible study. She was so annoyed. She would come in and try to argue with us, and she would argue for hours with us, right? Well, what about this, and what about that? Kept trying to poke holes in Christianity, and I didn't have a lot of answers. I knew we could love her. I knew we could pray for her. I knew we could show her the life of Jesus. One o'clock in the morning on the last weekend of school, Julie calls me and said, I just led Wendy to Christ. Wendy was the seventh person that year to give her life to Jesus. The cool thing about God, the amazing thing, is he does more than we ask or imagine because that was in May. By September, Scott, the RA from that year, gave his life to the Lord, and then he and we led his girlfriend back to the Lord. That summer, Julie went home, led her dad to the Lord. Wendy went home, led her best friend to the Lord. Over the next three to four years, we counted about 25 people from that little building or immediately connected to that building who gave their lives to the Lord because God does immeasurably more than what we could ask or imagine. You guys, that was the beginning of ministry with Chi Alpha for me. Is saying, God, I want, I, want, I want to frequent your heart. I want to hear your heart. I want to tread a path to your heart, God. And then I want to tread a path to the people who need to know your heart. I want to tread a path on your behalf. As, as, as an act of gratitude, because you tread a path to me, I want to tread a path to the ones you love. And that's the beauty about what the Lord Jesus has done. And in, this, in a moment, we're going to go into worship and uh, into communion. I, I, you guys, this really is, I, you know, I, I still do that. When I lived in the residence hall at Georgetown, there were times when I would just tread a path and just pray. Every year before students went in, I would go and I'd leave a little thing of popcorn at their door, and that gave me the opportunity to see their names. I'd pray over all their names. I just would, you know, I'd tread a path in my building, literally, because I wanted to tread a path to the heart of God. And the thing about Jesus is that he was willing to tread a path as well. Jesus never asked us to do something he wasn't willing to do. He tread a path one day on a very dusty road to a place we call Calvary. Jesus tread a path to the cross so that you and I wouldn't have to. And that's part of the reason why I want to live this life of gratitude. You and I would have had to tread that path to our own to our own um, self-justification, our own punishment, or you and I would have had to tread that path to the cross figuratively, but Jesus said, you know what, I'm going to tread that path on your behalf. I'm going to take on the sin of the world so you don't have to take that on. That is our extraordinary God, and so out of, as I said, out of that heart of gratitude, Jesus, I will tread wherever you want me to go because you tread the greatest distance from heaven to earth, from earth to the cross, from the cross to my heart. You tread the greatest distance. So as we wrap up this morning, I want to, um, I, I want to invite us to consider the fact that Jesus tread that path. Jesus left everything. He left the riches of heaven for the poverty of earth so that you and I could know the riches of heaven. And he tread that path to the cross so that you and I wouldn't have to try to come up with our own way to try to self-justify our own sin or anything like that. He tread that path. I don't know everybody in the room, but my guess is with a group of this size that not everybody here who has made, has made that 
um, step of faith, courage, and commitment to relationship with Christ. And I want to give an opportunity for that. And then, and then um, we're going to go into some time of worship, and the fact that we're going to share communion together is phenomenal. Because when we share communion, we are remembering Jesus walking that dusty path to Calvary. And so what I'd like you to do is this. In, in a moment, I'm going to ask you guys just for, just for a, a prayerful place. And um, I, I want to give the opportunity for someone to say, you know what, I've been, I've been here. I've been connected to this group. I've maybe been in life group. I've been here this weekend. I have seen God work in my friend's life. I have felt God work in my heart. But it's time to take that courageous step of, yes, Jesus, I will follow you. I will follow you. So do me a favor. I'm going to ask you guys to... Bow your heads and close your eyes. I just want to, I want a, a prayerful place here. And as your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, I know the worship team is coming, so there's a little bit of activity. As your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, I'm going to, I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to ask you to, sh- to, to interact with me in a particular way. Holy Spirit, I invite you to come and do the work that you are so good at doing. God, there isn't a person here that you don't know intimately. There's not a person here that that makes you, you know, I mean, every single one of us, God, your, your love and affection for us is just phenomenal. It's overwhelming. It's extraordinary. Lord, you know the things in our hearts. You know our past, and you know the hope you have for our future. And so I pray that you would work deeply in these lives. As your guys' heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, I'm going to ask you to do something. If you're wanting to take the step and say, you know what, I want to enter into relationship with God through Christ today, I want you to just put your head up and look me in the eye. I want to know who you are. Is there anyone? Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. Anyone else? Anybody else? Just make sure you catch my eye. I want to make sure I'm looking. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Is there anyone else? You're saying thank you. Thank you. Amen. 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 Thank you, God. The Bible tells us when someone takes that step to say yes to committing their life to Christ, that heaven rejoices. I can't imagine right now the smile on God's face. I can't imagine right now the joy in God's heart. For those who said, yes, I want to make that step. I want to make that commitment. I'm going to ask you to do one more thing, the next courageous step. I'm going to ask for those of you who who have said, I want to take that step. I want you to be the first to stand, and then everyone else is going to join you. We're going to to worship together. If you took that step, go ahead and stand. Thank you. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you for your courage. Amen. Thank you for your courage. Come on now. Come on now. Here's the deal. Oh, gosh, that's so good. Here's the deal. It's a personal decision, but it's not a private decision. We're going to do this thing together. We're going to love God. We're going to love people together. And so the people who are around you are going to do this with with you. We're going to love God. We're going to love people together. So all of you guys, I imagine you came here with someone, someone who knows. When we're done here, I'd love you to connect. I'd love you to... um, have an opportunity to say, yes, let's, let's pray together. But I'd like everybody else to stand, and we are going to worship. We're going to celebrate. Jesus, we give you our lives today. God, and we give you our thanks, and we give you our praise today. God, we invite you into our hearts. We invite you into our lives. And God, as an act of gratitude, we give you our hearts. We give you our lives. 
Lord, I pray for my friends here who said, yes, I want to follow Jesus. God, I pray for each and every one. God, you would rush into them with your love, your affection, your hope, your grace, your encouragement, your power, your healing, your cleansing. Lord, I pray for each one. They would know the great grace and power of the Lord Jesus Christ. And God, I pray that as we go into this time of worship, God, it would be truly a celebration with you because of how good you are. And everyone said, amen. amen.